Welcome to the Financial Philosophers Podcast, where we explore the nuances of personal finance, improve our financial literacy, and empower ourselves to achieve financial freedom. Come nerd out with us, and let's take this journey together. Welcome back, everyone, to the Financial Philosophers Podcast, and welcome to a new year. Danny, Happy New Year. Good to be in here in 2024, and it's also very cold in this studio. Yeah, it's it's a new year, Danny, and today I figured you and I could talk through, you know, a few things. I, I we wrote down five things to do starting in 2024. Mm-hmm. So I figured, you know, let's start the year off strong. Let's revisit five fundamental things. Let's really pare down and try to get started on the right foot, as opposed to the left foot. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> two two left feet is that how it goes? So yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna start off strong. Uh, you know how everybody has New Year's resolutions, right? So for those of you who are looking into finance as one of your New Year's resolutions, you're trying to start off strong. The, this will be five things that you should work into your life to uh, be financially strong right out of the gate. Absolutely. Yeah. And the first one we're going to talk about, Danny, is revisiting the emergency fund. Now, you and I have touched on this so many times, but it really is the bedrock of financial security for just about everyone, right? And not having an emergency fund, a properly established and funded emergency fund can really set you up to experience stress, turmoil, uh, financial ruin even, depending on how bad things get, right? And Danny, I don't know about you, but going into this year, 2024, right, there are several wars going on. There's a very politically divisive presidential election coming up we're in a weird economy right now, right? Like this is the time to really start building up your cash pile and leave it in your emergency fund for those things, emergencies. That's exactly what it's going to be for. I mean, Danny, you and I were just talking about our most recent episode with uh, handling job layoffs or losing a job. Um, Having an emergency fund is such a powerful tool to have in your tool belt uh, in order to handle those types of situations. So I, uh, I think that's the first one to do for the year. Absolutely. I 100% agree. Uh, having a strong and fully funded emergency account is what has allowed me to, uh, you know, so far weather my recent layoff. Uh, for those right. of you that haven't heard it, go back and listen to that uh, most recent episode talking about uh, layoffs, uh, mine included. And that emergency fund is what is our emergency fund is what's allowing us to not, uh, you know, deal with a lot of stress to not be stressing over what the future might hold and our emergency fund is uh what's given me the freedom to go back to school for the cfp full-time yeah that's awesome and another i don't know side thought about the emergency fund i didn't write this down as one of the five things today which would be to i don't know increase your savings or like supercharge your savings an emergency fund i'm, I'm kind of carving out as its own thing but i've always thought that the emergency fund is a good test, right? Like a lot of people struggle to hold onto cash. They see cash piling up in their savings account and then this temptation to spend it comes to play and next thing you know, that emergency fund is hitting a ceiling and it's not going above that ceiling and you're kind of getting stuck and and maybe it's even draining because of spending reasons. I don't know, Danny, I, I feel like if you can't establish an emergency fund and leave it be, you are not going to build wealth effectively over the long term. Like, obviously, there's a fundamental spending issue at play if you can't do that. And this is a good test to to get past that hurdle. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, being able to hold on to that money. And I, I think it's even easier now that, you know, in this this year, uh, we have high yield accounts, high yield savings right. accounts where your money's fully liquid, but you're earning a decent yield on it. And yeah. it's much easier, at least for me, to to hold it rather than wanting to invest a larger percentage. Absolutely. I mean, when you see that interest posting every month, right? You're like, it feels good. It's motivating. It's like, wow, I just earned, I don't know, 30 or 40 bucks for just holding it in this account. You know, the more you put in it, the more that's going to increase every month, right? That that monthly interest being posted and uh, let that get the wheel spinning and let that um, continue to motivate you as you see the fruits of your labor start to add up. That's going to be a, a good motivating factor right there. So uh, shout out, Danny, all the way back. Gosh, I forget what episode we're doing today, 29 or so. Um, but episode three, one of our first episodes was the emergency fund conundrum. And it's a good one. I definitely invite, invite you listeners to go back and check that one out. We really do a deep dive into the emergency fund there. Uh, number two, Danny, revisit your budget. I mean, again, you and I hammer this all the time, but to our listeners, I'd invite you to start simple, right? Keep it simple. Prioritize the low-hanging fruit. Look back at your expenses, right? If there's something you, <laughs> I'm guilty of this too. There, there are things, maybe monthly subscriptions or recurring expenses. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I, I paid that again this month. I forgot I even had that, right? <laughs> Stay yep. on top of that. It's easy to forget about those, but if you see them, cancel them. If, if you're not using it, if it's not providing you any benefit, just cancel it. Low-hanging fruit. These should be low, easy lift things. And then after that, I'd prioritize the heavy hitters. Like, where are you spending the most money? Is it eating out? Maybe it's some other type of expense that's really hitting your budget hard. I, w- I would then address that area for this year and really try to take some action to, to change that behavior if you can Agreed. to free up some cash flow. Uh, you know, and one of the things uh, that so many people, uh, like a lot of us, are just prone to do and, you know, fall prey to in terms of that temptation is when you have, um, you know, any kind of promotion or raise come through, you know, that it's, it's very often expected, uh, that, oh, well, you'll, you'll go get a fancier apartment, maybe not buy a new house, but, uh, if you're renting, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna move up and you're gonna buy a a fancier apartment or you're gonna rent a nicer apartment somewhere. And, uh, I, I would argue maybe hold off on that. You know, do you really need, uh, to change locations or are you even at this very moment, possibly, living beyond your means or living somewhere that you don't need it it can be helpful to consider making even drastic changes such as that you know changing or altering where you're living and and looking for a place that's more affordable i actually really love you calling that out because you can use so many examples right it could be an apartment it could be buying a new vehicle right i see that happening a lot too absolutely you have this new increase in cash flow and you want to go get that that new truck you want or that new car and next thing you know, your monthly payment for your auto loan is increasing. To our listeners, take this as a challenge. I want you to do this. If you get a raise this year, just try a month or two where you just continue living the same way you have and just make sure you give yourself a month or two to feel that difference in cash flow and save that difference. Whatever your increase in monthly cash flow is, save it for a month or two. Give yourself a taste of what that feels like to see your savings, your accumulation factor increase. It feels really good. And if you're quick to just jump the gun and upgrade to a new apartment or a new vehicle, you're not going to experience the fruits of that labor, right? Th- that increase in pay. Give yourself the opportunity to, to feel what it's like. 
to improve and and move forward financially. It might just be what you need to, I don't know, put a leash on your your spending behaviors. And it might motivate you to just stay put and keep accumulating wealth uh, in a quicker way than you otherwise might have. Episode eight, the budgeting imperative is a good callback. Um, that's, that's an episode where Danny, you and I did a pretty deep dive into some budgeting ideas. So definitely go check that one out if you haven't heard it. Kind of on the back of this one, Danny, the third one I wrote down was change your behaviors, right? I was thinking about this. It's like going back to first principles thinking, right? You can budget all you want and cancel all the subscriptions you want. But if, if there are some severe shopping or behavioral finance issues you have with spending money that you shouldn't be spending, all of the budgeting in the world's not going to fix that, right? We, we all have these temptations. We impulse buy things. Maybe we have an obsession with hunting for good deals for things we like to collect, or we're just an avid or relentless collector of whatever item it is. Those things, it's funny how those don't show up in our budget, right? When I list out my budget, you know, I have like monthly rent, my, um, my car payment, student loan payments, uh, let's see, electricity, utilities, things like that. I have a, a grocery budget. What does not show up as a line item is X amount of dollars for my collectibles budget, like yeah. adding to my collectibles, right? It just kind of, uh, it, it's buried in that discretionary spending, right? Exactly. Yeah. It just falls under the radar. And, you know, it's no wonder you get to the end of the month and people are like, gosh, where in the world did all of my income go? I know what my expenses are. I know that I should be able mm-hmm. to save so much money, but it's just not in my bank account. Even, even worse, it's, you know, very often not where did all my money go? It's more extreme. Where did all of this debt come from? Even worse. You're right. And you really have to have an honest conversation with yourself, right? We all know what we're guilty of. There are things we like to buy. There are things we like to spend money on. Ask yourself honestly, am I getting too carried away with this? You know, Danny, we wrote a few questions down when we did the, um, the Black Friday episode last year for as another few cents. And I wanted to revisit them. I, I brought them here for our show notes. And to our listeners, these are questions we wrote down that we want you to ask yourself before you buy something. Number one, is this something I truly want and would I honestly have bought it even if it were not on sale? Number two, do I actually need this item? Will it solve a critical or meaningful need in my life? Number three, will I actually use this item regularly? Or is it just going to sit somewhere collecting dust and am I going to forget I even bought it three months from now, six months from now, a year from now? Number four, will this item bring real, profound, deep meaning to my life? And the rule of thumb we came up with, even though we don't like rules of thumb, uh, if you answer at least two of those, yes, and you're being honest about it, then, then maybe, maybe you're good to move forward with that purchase. But if not, maybe it's not a very intentional pur- purchase, right? Think about these things critically and, and ask yourself, is my spending getting out of control and is that holding me back from moving forward financially? Yeah, I feel like uh, what I've seen uh, a lot across the board, if people aren't in tune with their finances and basically if you ask them why they're struggling and they go, oh, I don't know, I just, the, the money's not there. There is almost certainly, and you know, this is excluding costs and, and spending has gotten more difficult for everybody. Sure. But on the spending side, for the people that are not tuned into their finances, almost certainly somewhere in their life, there's an aspect of spending, an area where a much larger amount of funds is flowing than that person realizes. 
uh, because you haven't, you know, looked at the budget and you haven't looked at the numbers and uh, realistically looked at the behavior leading to that, uh, that outflow of cash. I completely agree. And this is not to dismiss uh, anyone that is actually experiencing financial hardship. You know, people are underpaid oftentimes at their jobs. People lose jobs. People hit hard times. People have unexpected expenses like a car breaking down. Not dismissing those real things. Totally acknowledge that we hit hard times, and sometimes it really is difficult, near impossible to save. But I think you're right, Danny. For most people, when times are kind of normal, right? Things aren't too bad, things aren't too good, just kind of cruising along. There's often times there are areas in your finances that you do not realize you're spending as much as you are, and, and that is playing a significant role in your your ability to save. Um, so I, I 100% agree. You mentioned debt, right? Even worse, the people who are who are using debt. I, number four that we wrote down was knock out your pesky debts, right? I think the focus here is probably credit card debt, but it could be other debts too. Danny, I was thinking about this. There are all these indicators in 2023, like high inflation, rising rates, inverted yield curve for the long, like the longest time, and all these things are like we need to have a recession soon. Now all signs are pointing towards a recession. And yet no recession happened, at least not that we know of, right? It's hard to always know these things. Economists can agree and disagree on on the finer points of that. But I heard a a, a very scary statistic, and I forget what the numbers were, but there were consumer spending during 2023, despite high rates and, and inflation, consumer spending was ridiculously resilient and strong. And when people peeled back the curtains, they realized, wow, a lot of people are just taking out record-breaking levels of credit card debt and are spending like there's no tomorrow. No wonder face value things appear to be strong when it comes to consumer spending. But you peel back the layers and you realize some of those folks are really taking on a lot of debt to to continue their spending habits. Mm -hmm. And what the economy is saying it looks like right now may not be accurately capturing what's happening behind the scenes. I think that was a really, I don't know, interesting and cautionary tale. Ask yourself honestly, have you fallen prey to that habit? Have, have you found the temptation to spend money that you don't have? That's how we get into debt. And so absolutely, the fourth to-do we have for this, for 2024, is pay down those debts. Pay them off. Get out of debt, especially credit card debt. Danny, you, you got me onto Caleb Hammer's YouTube channel, and I was yep, watching one those of those episodes. They're hilarious, and where he does a financial audit of people. And he, I was watching an episode and somebody was talking about their credit card debt, but I got to get these points and I got to do this and I, you know, all these things. And he's like, but the points don't matter if you're, if you're just increasing your credit card debt, there's no amount of points in the world that's going to, you know, make Absolutely. up for the interest you're paying. We've touched on that too, you know, where, yeah. um, basically if you have even one month where you are, you know, you accrue interest on that credit card, then you have completely negated the value of any points for that year. Correct. I mean, you get what a lot of cards have like a, a 2% or so, you know, benefit for per, 2% cash back, for example, mm-hmm. that's a pretty common one. But credit cards also have like 24% interest. Right? Yes. And that's and, something and so, I want to touch on soon. But before we move forward, yeah, um, I did mistakenly cut you off right as you were about to say something that Caleb Hammer oh. uh, espouses, I, I suppose. <laughs> no, you're good. It's totally fine. The, what I was going to mention was it was funny in the episode where he was talking about credit card debt and I wanted to reiterate what he said. He's, he basically was like, say it with me. 
you are not a credit card person. Okay. <laughs> and the whole idea with it is like, if a, a credit card, credit cards can be used responsibly, right? But go back to episode six to our listeners. It's called the credit card dilemma. Danny and I do a very deep dive into credit cards. And just to reiterate something we said there, credit card companies are very well aware of the influence that offering points and rewards have on your spending habits. They are well aware of it. And it is very much in their favor to offer those rewards because it actually psychologically and subtly causes you to spend more and more and more. And if you are unable to handle that uh, psychological phenomenon, and if credit cards are actually holding you back, then perhaps take one out of Caleb Hammer's book. You may not be a credit card person. You may need to just budget out of your bank and spend with cash or or use uh, a more strict budget and not spend money on a card that is just a line of credit that can get out of control. If you do need a credit card, they do offer those cards where you can uh, preload them with funds and then use them in, in that regard. That is a great call mm-hmm. out. There was another aspect I wanted to, to mention for anyone thinking of using a credit card and consumer debt, you know, particularly when you're looking even 10%, but so many of these are running at 20, 30% interest. When you are when you are going into debt to purchase something that you want at 30% interest at those double digit rates, think about the fact that with that purchase, you are borrowing against your future wealth in order to fund that purchase right now. And it will damage your ability to fund your lifestyle and your retirement in the future. Absolutely. And I think it's super important to be cognizant of that great call out on the future self. I mean, that's something you and I talked about last year, Danny, was thinking about your future self as a separate person, like truly a different entity. They, they, they are you in appearance and, you know, they walk and talk and think like you, but think of your future self as a truly different person. Something happens when you do that, right? We often will make decisions in our lives to ourselves because you know there's the consequences to ourselves we're much more quicker to let bad things happen to ourselves than we are to other people in in a strange way right we we have empathy for ourselves but we have this different type of empathy for other people like if we injure ourselves right we, we're kicking ourselves we're like oh man i wish i wouldn't have injured myself if we injure somebody else we feel a lot worse about it generally speaking right so if you start thinking of your future self as a different person and imagine what kind of harm you might cause them if you are neglecting your finances today so that five, 10 years down the road when that future self materializes and there's nothing to show for it and they're left with debt and they're left with inadequate savings and they're left with goals that they didn't achieve that they wanted to, that can lead to regret. And while I don't want anyone to feel regret because we all make mistakes and getting through life is, is a lesson in of itself and it's a constant learning environment. Think of yourself as a, your future self as a different person and perhaps that twist in thinking might enable you to, I don't know, overcome a few hurdles when it comes to taking action now as opposed to procrastinating. Very true. Yeah. Fifth one we wrote down, automate your savings and contributions. I think this is going to be really important moving forward. It's so easy to spend when things just show up in your bank account and it's there for you to take. Everyone's guilty of this. But I mean, Danny, when we were prepping for the show, one of the first things you jotted down was take full advantage of your employer match, right? Like that's one of the most automated things you can do is just have part of your paycheck go to your retirement contributions at work. And if your employer is offering a match, 
look into the details, you know, understand what the vesting schedule is and, and make sure it's a good fit for you. But, you know, there, there may be free money on the table there and it's automatic and you never even see it from your paycheck to your bank account. And so there's no temptation to even spend it. Yeah, you have to budget uh, with that reduction already included. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If, and if the money's not there, you have to get by with what's left over. Danny, you could do the same thing with, right, with, with your high yield savings account. I was even thinking about this. Set up a, a savings account, high yield savings account as an emergency fund and have a portion of your paycheck kick off to that fund and maybe don't have that account tied to your regular spending account. So there's just an extra layer of protection from your uh, behaviors, if you will. Right. If, if there's no layer between you and your emergency fund, it's that much easier to spend from it. But if you just automate it and have it be its own separate account, that might help you get over that hurdle. Absolutely. Psychologically. Now, if you have a separate high yield account that you've been uh, funneling money in, uh, like money into uh, on the side and you don't have any apps or any like automated transfers set up. And in order to move that money, you literally have to jump onto a computer and do a manual transfer back into your your spending uh bank your spending checking account however it's set up that is a really effective uh kind of like breakpoint right in in terms of limiting any impulse purchases using your savings yeah it, it's it's amazing how such a subtle little layer of protection like that can can um dissuade somebody from spending money you can still get past that layer if you really try but putting more things between you and it sure uh, will will help yeah so. uh but it, it it's certainly you know easier if if all you have to do is go onto your phone and swipe in one direction in order to uh to purchase something you are far more likely to give into that temptation than if you have to log on to a separate device and initiate a manual transfer that's going to take two to three days to clear <laughs> yeah absolutely and uh, kind of piggybacking off of that um you know automatically setting up a portion to go there I think the same argument could be made for paying down debts, right? Um, it's easy to want to just make the minimum monthly payment on debts. Uh, but I think if you get in the habit of just automatically having a lar slightly larger portion of money from your paycheck going to an account to then pay slightly more additional payment towards that debt each month, money that you spend, that you, that you use to pay additional debt down is also another layer between you and it, right? If, if you use that money to make additional payments towards debt, you're going to be less likely to spend it frivolously on something that's not actually moving the needle forward in terms of your net worth. Yeah, Danny, I think in closing thoughts, that's, that's all I had to say uh, for, for the top five things. You know, again, number one, revisit your emergency fund. Number two, revisit your budget. Number three, change your behaviors. Number four, knock out those pesky debts. And number five, automate your savings and contributions. Take this as a step in the right direction. Revisit this episode if you need to, you know, a month from now, two months from now, and go back to some of our prior episodes we mentioned as well, because we really do cover some of the really good fundamentals when it comes to emergency fund, budgeting, and handling credit cards and other debts. Thanks for joining me at the beginning of the year. To our listeners, good to see you in the 2024 year, and we will see you next week. All opinions expressed in this program are for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions or financial advice. Always remember that investing involves risk and the possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a qualified professional before making any important financial decisions.